I could not have put it in these words as a kid, obviously, but I felt like who I was at the core, which is someone who is quite magnetic, has a large presence, somewhat of, of an alluring nature, that was bad, that it was sinful to be that, and that I was causing so much of the attention that I was getting. And so I, I've always had this really interesting friction in my being that shows up in lots of different ways. Even to this day, I haven't like got rid of it. But I have this way of being that I actually prefer to recharge, be by myself. My husband calls it like I go into my cave. I really love that alone time, right? But then things happen and it's like I'm called out of my hiding all the time because part of my destiny, part of my calling in this life is to be visible, is to be seen, is to lead, is to teach, is to be big. This is Euphoric Evolution, a podcast all about inner spiritual growth for abundance, where we bridge the spiritual into the practical, the energetic into the physical. I'm Makosina Jezer. I'm a spiritual teacher and oracle, speaker and author, and I'm passionate about catalyzing tomorrow's leaders into consciousness and transformation. So if you're a spiritual seeker and know you're called for more, Let's begin your transformation. Welcome back. It's another episode of Euphoric Evolution for Conscious Growth Seekers. And oh my, are you going to be in for a treat? Now, I actually already recorded this episode, but there was some tech issues. So I put it on the back burner. But this was just too important not to do. A lot of people have really asked for the whole shebang about my life's journey, really my spiritual journey. My spiritual journey really has lasted my entire lifetime. And I thought this would make a really great series. When I recorded this the first time, I broke it down into two parts and each of those parts was an hour long. So this time I'm going to try and break it down a little bit more into four separate parts. So we'll see how that goes. My intention is that the first part will be like my early childhood. Second part will be teenage years. Third part will be early adulthood. <laughs> and then we'll go into up till now, right? I'm saying early adulthood will probably be like my initiation process. And then a breakdown of what I've been up to since I finished initiation or maybe the second. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how this is going to unfold. But before we get started with my journey, I want to talk a little bit about why I'm doing this, why I think it matters, why in some ways I don't think it matters. <laughs> it matters because I know that in this day and age, having the full picture, really knowing where someone comes from is extremely important. And I know that by sharing my story, number one, many of you will possibly not feel alone, will hopefully not think that you're crazy. <laughs> but also by sharing my story, I know that I am completely putting myself out there in a way where like there's going to be some people who listen to this, watch this, who are like, this is a crazy person. And if that's the case, you are welcome to think that I am consistently entertaining like, hey, could you potentially just be a crazy person? And I think that that's actually healthy. I think that it's healthy to continuously question yourself 
and be open to possibilities that we're human, that you are crazy, that you are <laughs> quote unquote crazy. My perspective on craziness in general is quite different, but maybe that's a conversation for another time. I think this world that we live in, most of what we think is normal is quite crazy in that it is contrary to how human beings really thrive. Again, that's for another day. So I also have a few questions from some people on the Instagrams, and I hope that this is able to answer some of those. I'm going to do as well, trigger warning on these episodes, because my spiritual journey has not been an easy journey. And there is a lot that could potentially be triggering. So buckle up for that. Or it's okay to tune into maybe another episode. You are not prepared for that at this moment in your life. That's okay. So let's start at the very beginning of my life, which actually is before my birth. It's funny, my mom will be the one editing these <laughs> episodes. So, uh, you know, it really all begins with her. My life in her world, right? And even before my birth, my mother was having dreams about who I was coming to be in this world. Asterisks on this, I realize that a lot of this is probably going to sound quite arrogant, but it is what it is. Anyway. <laughs> so mom having dreams before I come into this world, I would say that she's probably a pretty active prophetic dreamer to a certain extent. But was it really in an environment that nurtured that aspect? So anyways, I came into this life on February 22nd, 1989. I'm a life path 33 for anyone who understands and is like really into numerology. Let's get a little bit into astrology. I'm a <laughs> Pisces sun, Virgo moon, and Leo rising, right? I feel like, I feel like you can just look and see this like mane and it's giving very much Leo rising, right? Oh, you all are listening. Well, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see. Anyway, <laughs> I come into this world February 22nd. And at the time, my mom was 16. So I was born to a single teen mom in a small town in West Virginia. That was really where a lot of my upbringing happened. Although I did spend some pockets of time in other places. I'll talk a little bit more about that. But from a really young age, I had some unique ways about me. I came into this life remembering at least one other time that I was here in ancient Egypt. That'll be important later. Being very little, I remember telling my mom how to mummify my body if I were to die. And that's just kind of odd <laughs> for kids to say, but I guess kids are odd anyway. From a really young age, I had an obsession with ancient Egypt, especially with ancient Egypt mythology. And even as a little girl, I thought I was going to be an archaeologist. Like, I really thought that's what I was going to do. I'm glad I didn't go down that right round. I'd probably be like so bored. Anyways, little girl, kind of odd. I've always been, you know, very obsessed with learning, with education, with trying to understand why the world is the way that it is even as a child. And I also remember being really young and my first interactions with spirit were animal spirits. So I remember we moved into, into a house where there were a lot of, what's it called? Taxidermy? Yeah. The owner of the house, the landlord of the house had a lot of taxidermy. 
And I remember seeing the spirits of some of these animals that were, that had been in the house running around out the corner of my eye. And I remember, because I was kind of an analytical kid, talking myself out of believing that they were real. And so I didn't take that seriously, really, until I was a a bit older in my teenage years. Now, as a kid, I also experienced an environment of lack because, again, I grew up with my mom being a single teen mom. I grew up going to church. I grew up in the church. You know, that's kind of what most <laughs> most Americans have as like a common background. And I do remember having certain questions just from a really young age that like this doesn't make any sense. And I questioned a lot, as kids do, right? But I would ask questions of my pastor, like, hey, if this world started with just one man and one woman who had two sons, how was the world populated? Because I'm understanding how, (laughs) just like basics, I didn't understand the mechanics of it, right? But I did question, if you have two men, and at the time I was seeing you needed a man and a woman come together to make children, And then also, as I got a little older and started thinking about, there's also incest, right? And what that does. And some of the answers that I would get were just also didn't make sense and just added to more of the confusion. So I just remember being very inquisitive as a kid. And I think that that's something that I've definitely held on to. And I am extremely curious all the time (laughs) about people, about who they are, about cultures, about history, about patterns, psychology, why things are the way that, that they are and why we do the things that we do. Human behavior, right? So I'm growing up and I also had some experience with SA. This is going to go on YouTube, so I'm going to try and make sure to not get my video blocked. But as a child, I did have experiences with SA for a significant amount of time of my childhood, starting at five. And there were multiple people involved at different points in my life. And as a little girl, I was a girly girl. I loved fashion. I used to, you know, I had a little notebook. I would draw fashion designs. I loved to dress up. And I remember having a, like, feeling like it was happening because it was my fault. That was then further perpetuated by the environment I was growing up in, Christian background. And then there was also a period of time where my brother and I lived with my Mennonite family, Amish Mennonite family, lived there for a period of time. And of course, in that environment as well, girls are to cover themselves up. And there's a lot of emphasis on women being the origin of sin. And it's just in our nature to cause lust from others, from men, right? That's just innate in us. I really grew up just feeling like the energy that I had, I could not have put it in these words as a kid, obviously, but I felt like who I was at the core, which is someone who is quite magnetic, has a large presence, somewhat of of an alluring nature, that was bad that it was sinful to be that, and that I was causing so much of the attention that I was getting. 
And so I, I've always had this really interesting friction in my being that shows up in lots of different ways. Even to this day, I haven't like got rid of it, but I have this way of being that I actually prefer to recharge, be by myself. My husband calls it like I go into my cave. I really love that alone time, right? But then things happen and it's like I'm called out of my hiding all the time because part of my destiny, part of my calling in this life is to be visible, is to be seen, is to lead, is to teach, is to be big. So as a child, I really struggled with the idea that I was too much, that it was unsafe to be me. On top of that, I also experienced a lot of racism growing up in Southern West Virginia. I mean, there's so many instances that I literally cannot count them. It was just part of my daily reality. So on top of that fear of being too much, that fear of being seen, that fear of attracting attention, I also had this added layer due to my race, due to the experiences I was having because of my race and the environment that I was in. I also felt like it wasn't safe to be me. And that I needed to make myself as friendly as possible, as non-intimidating, because I do have a way of being that can be challenging, can be direct, be sharp, can be unemotional. And any of you who are, if you are a woman of color, you get what I'm saying. You understand what this means, right? Also, you know, if you're a black man, you experience this because it's just this perception that just our nature is scary and intimidating. So I developed what I now call like this girl next door personality. And I carried that with me for quite a while. I didn't really start shedding that until my initiation process and even in more recent years. So I feel like Having that orientation will help you really understand. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to stop here. Mom, if you could just delete that. (laughs) I'm going to go into my preteen years. My spiritual journey really started taking off in my preteen years. Around 12 years old, I had a friend whose mother was Wiccan. And she, my friend, gifted me my very first tarot deck. And this is also around the time that I started my first quote unquote business tutoring other kids. And so I was very in the orientation of like, oh, how can I make money? My friend gifted me these tarot cards and I had an intuitive ability to read them from the moment that I picked them up. I never learned how to read tarot, quote unquote, like properly. But at a young age, I was able to pick up the deck and then I could just start reading people. So in middle school, around seventh grade, seventh, eighth grade, I was doing tarot readings for kids. And of course, this was not allowed in my house at all. So I had my deck like wrapped up in a bandana and hidden underneath my bed. It was also around that time that one of my abusers called and apologized. Actually, this was like around 13. So I'm like, getting into this intuitive exploration. And then shortly after, I have this experience of one of my abusers calling and he called to apologize. He said that he was making a transition in his life and that because of that, he had been really looking at himself and wanted to apologize for any harm that was caused. And by the way, like it was a lot of harm. 
And at 13, I didn't know. Number one, I hadn't really dealt with it yet and didn't fully know how. So after that, I remember I told my mom what had happened in my childhood. This is the first time that I tell my mom. And I started asking a lot of different questions after that. After I kind of moved through my own anger, because I had a lot of anger, and I started to become aware of some of my own behaviors that I thought were probably a result of the abuse, and also kind of feeling being abandoned by my father. My father lived like 20 minutes away, and yet I only saw him like two times as a kid. So as a kid, I was seeking this love and adoration from boys at a really young age, like way younger than is normal, quote unquote normal. So you add on top of that, that I also started puberty super early at the time. Well, I don't know if it's early now because people are starting puberty so much earlier, but I was 10. So number one, at that time, really examining my own behaviors, looking at the root cause of where that was coming from, I realized, oh, I didn't say it in this word, but now looking back on it, I was like, I became hypersexual as a result of that. Then I started researching, like I started getting books and really studying more about it and looked at, okay, actually, it's not uncommon for that to happen. Women can, or really anyone can, go either hypo, meaning they like completely shut down that aspect of themselves or hyper. And I realized there was just a lot that I had to navigate with that. And maybe some other time I can talk more about how I navigated that. But I want I do want to keep this connected mostly with my spiritual journey because like 13 is really where 12, 13 is where I really start connecting with my spiritual abilities and my spiritual gifts. So in my own exploration of myself and my own behaviors, I started questioning where he got his behaviors from. What was the root of him expressing himself in a way that was so damaging to me? And that led me to looking at societal circumstances. It led me to looking at family patterns, community patterns, and on and on and on. And for a time, that really was my like my curiosity, especially when I started learning that it's rampant. That essay is like rampant in our world. When we suppress a vital aspect of ourselves and we don't know how to navigate it from a healthy place and we perceive it as the evil part of us, we have this potential within us to wreak havoc, wreak havoc. I have so many thoughts about that, but 13 is when this starts happening. I also started becoming really, I don't know if it was a a result of reading tarot or just my questioning and opening up and just having more empathy for the world as a whole at a young age, a level of consciousness that was not the norm at a young age. I also started to just know things, just be able to see things and know things. And at first, you know, when I started reading tarot, I thought it was like the tarot deck, but I've had so many teachings and readings and um, my own interaction with my ancestors and spirits that have showed me and told me that it had nothing to do with the deck, that it was me. I was just using a tool in order to focus my energy, right? But I started to know things. And I'll never forget being around 13 years old and my mom's, well, He was her boyfriend at the time, but he eventually became my stepdad. He had a friend who came around 
And I remember telling my mom, do not leave me alone with him because he is doing something he should not be doing to young girls. I had zero proof, zero cause for it. He was like a very charismatic guy, very nice on the surface, but I just knew. Now, it didn't come out until many years later that he had been grooming young women and whatnot. I didn't get confirmation of that one for many, many years, but there were those sorts of instances that were that were really starting to happen. So I'm having this, you know, 12, 13, going into 14, and then coming up to 15, I'm having all of this exploration of myself and my childhood trauma, and I start getting into personal development. I started learning about intimacy and connection. I started like <laughs> reading lots of these kinds of books and studying. And this was also around the time, around 15, that I decided, you know what, I think I need to really start to pay attention to, in a more conscious way, the decisions that I'm making. It didn't mean that I stopped making those decisions because I was still a teenager and I was doing things that I should not have been doing. But things really shifted for me around 15. And I'm going to stop stop the episode here so that I can talk a little bit more about on the next episode, I'll talk about my best friend, Christy. And at 15, like the moment that changed my life completely, one of the hardest things that I've been through. So stay tuned for that. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Euphoric Evolution. If you found this valuable, be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review with your biggest takeaway. Be sure to share with someone you care about if you know they'll also find value in this episode. You can also visit theroyalshaman.com to take my free consciousness quiz, where you'll uncover your current stage of consciousness, identify your current blockages, and define which steps you can take next to align with your highest potential. You can also see the show notes to find our socials in euphoria.